Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Bo Bruce. Today's feast, the presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ at the temple, is one of the most ancient in the church. We have sermons recorded for this feast dating from the early 300s, in fact. This feast is one of what we call as Orthodox the 12 Great Feasts. Overall, these 12 Great Feasts commemorate and bring us to the major events of the lives of our Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Mother, and the events commemorated today have major significance for both Mary and Jesus. This feast also concludes the Christmas season by any standard. As you know, in the West, we celebrate a minimum of 12 days of Christmas, which ends on Epiphany Eve. Our Western Rite Ordo, however, tells us to remove the decorations after the octave of the Epiphany a week later. But in some countries, decorations are not removed until yesterday, Candlemas, which occurs 40 days after Christmas. So if you still have your decorations up, I guess now is finally the time you need to head home and get them down. Anyway, today's feast has no fewer than four names, and each recalls a different aspect of this feast. One is the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Here in today's gospel, Mary is completing a rite found in Leviticus 12, the purification after childbirth. There it says that when the 40 days of her post-childbirth purifying are completed, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting, which would later become the temple, a lamb a year old for a burnt offering, and a pigeon or turtle dove for a sin offering. And he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. But if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for the burnt offering and one for the sin offering. And this part of the story tells us a couple of important things. First, Mary and Joseph are faithful Jews who follow the law of Moses. Another is that because they do not offer a lamb but two turtle doves, they are poor. Let us not forget our Lord and King of Kings was born not even into a middle class home, but an impoverished one. And let us be mindful of this and thank the Lord for all the blessings we have and the comforts he allows us in whatever our state of life. And finally, it shows that this event was significant not just for Jesus, but also for Mary. The second name of this feast I want to discuss is the Feast of the Meeting of our Lord and Savior. This focuses on the meeting with the righteous elder Simeon. And his prophecy shows the dual significance of this event for both Jesus and Mary. Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And then turning to Mary, Yea, a sword shall pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The third name I want to discuss is Candlemas. Today is a day on which Christians generally brought their candles to a local church for blessing and then used them for the rest of the year. For us, blessed candles serve as a symbol of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the the thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel, as Simeon said in our gospel passage today. But it's the fourth name, the one I already mentioned, the presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ at the temple, 
That's what I would like to discuss primarily today. We recognize that the firstborn son has great significance in the Bible. We see the Apostle Paul repeatedly allude to the firstborn in his letters. In Exodus, we hear that the Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both the man and a beast, is mine. This is placed in the context of the Passover. And then there is further discussion. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites as he swore to you and your fathers and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when in time to come your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It is this redemption that we hear about in St. Luke today. But from what are they being redeemed? One could interpret this as being saved from the Passover death inflicted upon the Egyptians' firstborn. But given the rest of the context, I think that's putting the cart before the horse. The passage begins with a key message in Exodus, consecrate to me all the firstborn. This means that to God, the firstborn are holy by default. Holy or consecrated means set apart specifically for a religious purpose. And what was that religious purpose? Well, with respect to the firstborn males in Judaism, it was to serve as priests. Recall that the firstborn gets the inheritance. And one of the key automatic inheritances that the firstborn originally received was that of the priesthood, deriving from Adam's priesthood. However, as you know, the Levites ultimately became the priestly family of Judaism. And not all of those were firstborn males, so can I connect the dots for you? And luckily I don't have to, because the Lord himself did that. He did it in Numbers 3. This is what he said as he was establishing the Levite priesthood. The Lord said to Moses the following, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. The Levites shall be mine, for all the firstborn are mine. And there you have it. The firstborn was to be dedicated to the Lord and to the Lord's service. But then God declared that only the Levites would serve in that role. However, all the other firstborn still had to be redeemed. They had to pay the price to the Levites for not doing that service had to be freed from that default state of holiness. Later in the same chapter, we see that the Lord set the redemption price at five shekels. That would be about, if it's in silver, it would be about $50 in current silver prices. Um, however, the same amount in U.S. silver dollars from the 70s would have been like eight silver dollars, so like $8. This is probably not going to break the bank, even for the poor family that Jesus came from, though it may have been a hardship. And even today, Orthodox Jews who are not from the Levite class appear before a priest and pay this redemption. 
To me, though, this redemption is an incredible moment in the life of Jesus. Obviously, the God-man, our Lord, is wholly consecrated to God and to God's service. This is obvious. And yet he's redeemed, set free from that service through this ceremony. In one sense, I see it as similar to his baptism, to which he submits humbly, though it's unnecessary. And after all, he is the priest of priests, and he can't be set free from that obligation. But in another, and in another sense, it's his total fulfillment of the Jewish law, of which he is a follower. And yet in that fulfillment, he's able to go beyond. And what could say that rather than being completely set free from the service to God, instead, he's set free of the obligation of the Levitical priesthood, a priesthood which he will abolish. And as St. Paul tells us, establish a new and greater priesthood of the order of Melchizedek. Just as he did with his baptism, to which he did not need to submit, here he sanctifies the event. Here, Jesus, by submitting to the redemption, redeems all the firstborn. In fact, I'd argue that he has overall reestablishes the priesthood of the firstborn. However, now that priesthood is the priesthood of all believers, as we as believers are all firstborn in the kingdom of heaven through our rebirth in the baptism of sac- uh, in the sacrament of baptism. And instead of freeing us from what was intended to be the firstborn's natural state and complete dedication to God and his service, as the redemption ceremony we're talking about today does, Christ redeems from our, us from our natural state of unholiness brought about by the fall, which ultimately led to the establishment of the Levite priesthood. Christ makes us all capable of serving again in the priestly role we were always intended to serve in. And we are all now, through Christ, recipients of the unlimited inheritance of our God, and that includes the inheritance of the priesthood. Dearly beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, let us rejoice that the inheritance that Christ has bestowed upon all of us, not just of the priesthood, but more importantly, that of eternal life with God, Let us ask ourselves what we have done to purify ourselves in the 40 days since Christ's birth. Have we lived up to our rebirth? What are we presenting to the Lord in the temple today? Are we shining the light of Christ that Simeon could see within that infant child? Are we presenting something pure and holy like a newborn babe? Christ tells us, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let us repent of all that is in us that is not of Christ and become like that newborn Christ in the temple. Let us embrace our priesthood to which Christ rebound us. The priesthood is not just a calling for us as Christians. It is our bounden duty. It is the default natural state for us as the children of God. But we don't have to do it alone. We've been given the Holy Spirit to guide us and support us. And so let us shine our light into the world as the priesthood of all believers and leave this place ministering to a world deeply in need of the light and love we bring from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.